Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of one of our 2020 Elul study classes. Joanne is, um, is a beautiful spiritual soul who was gifted with the talents like, um, like the um, amazing constructors of the Mishkan in our sacred narrative. Joanne has hands that bring sanctity into the world through word, through drawing, through painting, through expression. She, by profession, was um, an artist who created greeting cards and brought her deep passion for Judaism to this particular art um, medium of hers. Um, in, um, she created an organization called Zenspirations, where she has been um, creating um, Jewish and non-Jewish spiritual modalities for confronting and celebrating life um, through her writing and her artwork. So this morning, afternoon and evening, we will be creating something very special to you um, to bring into our homes. And I'm going to start rambling and just introduce you to Joanne, who's going to take over from here. Thank you so much, Rabbi Shuval Wiener. And... Thank you, Rabbi Schatz. I am thrilled to be here with some friends I know and some new friends. Uh, I'm in Orlando, so I'm also on the East Coast. And I know some people were having little challenges with the uh, handouts. So there's a link in the chat box. And today we are going to collectively think about how to enhance our home prayer space. You know, we are all dealing with unprecedented times and need to figure out how to have a sacred worship experience when we are doing it at home. And I know there are friends here who are not Jewish, so if you don't understand uh, some of the Hebrew, uh, then you can put a note in the chat, and the rabbi or I will try to respond. Um, but the concepts, I think, are universal of what we're trying to do is create sacred space and do what I call Hidur Mitzvah, um, which comes out of a Torah portion about B'Tzalel, where it's not enough to just do a mitzvah, a commandment. We have to beautify it and make it sacred. And so that's what I'm trying to do today. And since I'd like to give you guys some hands-on time, I'm going to start uh, sharing my screen, and I will ask if you feel like sharing where you're from to put it in the chat box, because I would love to know where everybody's from, and and if you have any questions, um, the rabbi is going to 
be on top of the chat box because I have come to the conclusion when I'm teaching in a Zoom room, I cannot teach and be on top of the chat box. So, um, Rabbi, will you uh, call out if there are questions that need to be answered and I think you have the ability to unmute yourself if, uh, if need be. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen and I put together a little PowerPoint for us just so we could talk about what we're going to do today, which is a synthesis of three different spiritual practices. The first is Shiviti, which is an ancient Jewish practice. And a Shiviti is a visual that is used in Jewish meditation and um, as a prelude to prayer, if you will, and helps you focus your intention. Um, the second practice is an ancient Japanese practice called Enso, which uh, is something I've been doing now since beginning of March and have found it very grounding, and that's part of what I will share with you today. And the third is a practice that I've been doing um, thanks to my good friend Tracy, who I noticed is here, um, called Word of the Year. Tracy introduced me to Word of the Year in 2015, and that has added a lot of depth to my personal spiritual study. And we will get to that, and I will show you how I'm combining them to create pieces of art that can be used in your prayer space to help you focus on a particular prayer or value or midot. Um, so, so these are traditional shiviti. Um, and those of you who are familiar with my work know that my stuff doesn't look anything like this. Uh, but this is where we get the concept from. The one on the left is a paper cut. And you'll notice that they all have a menorah. Um, which is a seven-branched uh, candelabra. These are contemporary shiviti with Adonai, um, God's name, in these letters, yud Hey vav Hey, And I like colorful stuff, so what I do is much more colorful and contemporary than traditional. These are some traditional Enzo circles, and they're usually done with um, a brush that is an oriental brush and Sumi ink. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, I like color, and so my Enzos tend to be very colorful and I will show you how to do an Enzo, both with colored pencil and with koi coloring brushes. And if you have those tools with you, you will be able to create an Enzo in five minutes or less. Um, and then we're going to talk about picking a word of the year 
uh, and I'll show you how to letter the word of the year um, or your focus word or whatever, whatever you would like to term your prayerful space word. And I write both inside and outside my enzos. And it does not have to be um, one word. It can be a phrase. I started doing Enzo uh, when I discovered it, either late February or early March. And what I do is I wake up every morning, and after I say my prayers, Moda'ani, and Dear God, please bless those I love and those they love, um, I pick up a brush pen and I do my first Enzo. And the... Um, the practice has been a lot for me about embracing imperfection because I have no idea how they're turning out. Once you add water to the pigment, anything can happen. And so for me, this is a three-step process. First, I do the Enzo, and then I have a whole book of blank Enzos, and then I'll go back and start writing in the Enzos, and then if I like something I've written, I might add weight to the letters and a little color to the illustration. And, and a lot of my work, I enhance in the computer, but one of the things I'm really enjoying about the Enzos is that it's just ink on paper. And I do a lot of messages to myself um, so that all soul work is sacred. This one is a prayer. Open the doorway in my heart so the radiant holy light within may shine through all I say and all I do. Um, live in the space between what you know and what may be. And sometimes, as you can see, I will write on top of Enzo's, around Enzo's, you know, I'm pretty sure I've made this all up and encourage you to do the same. Um, so this is what led me, as I have been doing this now for, wow, almost six months every day, um, to think about using this in combination with my word of the year. And... I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with Craig Taubman's 40 Holy Days Project, uh, but I've been honored to be a part of it and have been filming videos to, did one to Josh Nelson's The Door of the Door, which means from generation to generation. Um, and I did one to Craig's um, Listen Israel. And so I've been ruminating on the Shema a lot and what it means really to listen. Who are we listening to? Are we listening to our own hearts? Can we hear God? And so I've started making these pieces. And if you can see my, my video, they're quite tiny, um, but really powerful. And I'm using these in my Shabbat space and 
my at-home prayer space and thinking about what words will be most meaningful for me for the upcoming high holidays. I do a new Shabbat messaging graphic um, every week, and they usually reflect what I'm doing in my artwork. So recently, I've been doing a lot of Enzo Shabbat Shalom's. Um, this one says, may you ri rise above the challenges of this day. Um, and this was based on a Parsha where we talked about the, uh, the menorah that, you'll, that you see in the Shiviti. So this is my idea of a contemporary Shiviti. Um, and now let me share a little bit about the word of the year practice. So a word of the year is a practice that I think started in America at least about 15 years ago, um, maybe a little longer. And it's designed to help you focus on something that you're missing in your life. And so I think in 2016, which was the first year uh, I did this word of the year project, I picked clarity uh, as my word of the year because I was trying to figure out what it is I want to do with my life. And I think the next year I, um, I picked discernment for the same reason. Last year, I was recuperating from spinal fusion surgery and, and I picked heal because I was really focused on healing. Um, so those of you who are not familiar with Zenspirations, uh, I have a Facebook group called Zenspirations Create Color Pattern Play. And this is a project that we do in community. Uh, and you'll see here that I've written Caring Community because that's what this group of people is. It is a creative and caring community. And we all vote on the words. And so in 2016, we voted on the word grow and um, everyone got to color their own. I, I, Zenspirations is a lot about coloring and doodling because that's what I do books about. And so in 2017, the words that are running around the edge here, some of which you'll remember from your handouts, are the words that people in the group suggested or said they were choosing as their word of the year. And we collectively voted on a word of the year. So for 2017, the group's word was uh, hope. In 2018, not sure you can see this because it's tiny, but the highlighted words were all the words that people suggested. And the group voted on the word transformation. And I was able to use all of the um, option words to form something that I found very meaningful. So I will read it to you in case it's too small for you to see it. We embark on a transformative journey when we recognize that we are holy, act with humility, give respect, and persevere despite our difficulties. Together, 
let us make a commitment to reach out in love and kindness and pray that through cooperation and goodwill, awareness of our true purpose will emerge. And I like dangles, so I decorated it with, with a dangle. And in 2019, uh, these were the words that, that everyone suggested. And um, I'm not sure I remember what word. I think that the group voted on acceptance. Um, but this year, this will be my New Year's card this year, and you have this uh, as a handout kind of to give you a jump start if you've never done this before in picking words. Um, so I like alliteration. May 5781 be a year of awakening and appreciation, balance and blessings, clarity and connection, discovery and devotion. And since you have this as a handout or can download it, I won't read the rest, but um, I wish everybody Shana Tova, a sweet, happy, and especially a healthy new year. So um, I'm going to stop the screen share for a moment and put it back on gallery view uh, so I can see you all. Hello. Um, does anyone have any questions before I get you started in the exercises that, that I've prepared for today? You can either unmute yourself or, um, if you... I don't think they can unmute, so, but if you would put your oh. questions in the chat, we can do that. Okay. okay. Thank you. I did not realize that that they couldn't unmute. Wrong, so. but that's what that's what I was told. Hi, and this is not my Zoom room, so uh, I will bow to your superior wisdom of knowing how this one works. Okay, that's dangerous. Um, there is a question wanting to know if Zenspirations is open to everyone. Yes, Zenspirations is open to everyone. And it's um, and the if you're on Facebook, you're welcome to come join the the Facebook group. And I have a website, Zenspirations.com. And you guys are the first people to hear about this. But I am just now launching my new JoanneFinkJudaica.com website, which I've been working on for the last month, and I'm very excited about, and have some free downloads and coloring pages and prayers that uh, I hope you will enjoy looking through. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen. And in terms of, in terms of getting started with picking a word of the year, let me explain that this is something I usually start about three months before the year because it's sort of like the month of the lul. It's a chance to do some reflection and soul searching and allow us to really think about 
how we want to grow both personally and spiritually. And so I don't expect you to come up with your final word of the year um, in the next hour. Having said that, I hope you will be able to identify at least one word that resonates. And to get started with this, I hope you all have pen and paper, even if you don't have the handouts. Um, I would like you to just take a moment. I will read them and write down your first instinctive response to these questions. What calls to your soul? And in this moment, here today, what are you struggling with? This is such a difficult time for so many people that we're all struggling with numerous things. But today, in this moment, what comes to the top of the list? What do you need more of in your life? And the last question for the moment is, what are your hopes for 5781? And for those who are not familiar with the Jewish calendar, um, 5781 is like saying 2021. Um, It's the Jewish New Year, which is a solar lunar calendar that uh, actually starts a week from Friday. Ah! Uh, I know all the clergy on the phone or on the Zoom call, are in the midst of what my father-in-law, the accountant, thinks of as tax time, and uh, my son thinks of as exam time, that this is crunch time with so much to do. And so I'm really glad that we could all take a deep breath and spend a little time thinking about what will help us pray. So... You can spend more time thinking about these questions, but whatever your initial response was um, is just fine. And the next exercise, if you've been able to print out the handouts, um, please get the handout that says a word to light your path. And these are word suggestions. Um, I took them out of my book, uh, My Spiritual Journey, and it's part of the core values exercise. I modified it a little bit, and I apologize. There are a couple of typos. Um, And core values are not the same entity as a word of the year, which is not really quite the same as a word to decorate your at-home prayer space, but there are similarities. And I would like you to go through this list and check off any of the values that resonate. Um, And I'll give you two minutes to go through. And the values on the right-hand column are in Hebrew or in transliteration. Um, Some of them don't have a transliteration, don't translate easily. If I could translate it, I put the transliteration next to the word. Um, 
And the lines at the bottom are for you to write words that are meaningful to you that are not on this jumpstart list. You know, I wrote, when I did the exercise, I think I wrote four extra words. Um, resilience, understanding, legacy, and clarity, because that's important to me. Um, so take two minutes, please, and check off words that touch your soul, and then I'll give you the next step. So once you have checked off the words, I'd like you to go through and star no more than 10 that you think would work well in your prayer space. Sometimes I have trouble narrowing it down. And when you have your 10 or less than 10 words that resonate, I would like you to put them on the sheet on the right or on your blank paper if you don't have a printout of the sheet so that you can gather them in one spot. And what I have found for myself as I have done this practice over the last few years is as I think about these words, and as a lettering artist, I also write these words a lot, um, whatever my contender list is for, for the year. Um, two or three of them start taking precedence in my thoughts and they wind up being the ones that I eventually decide between. Um, so once you have your 10 words on, on the list, um, the rest of the space is for you to use to add other words that you encounter that touch your heart make you think, really resonate, and, and ultimately um, the box at the bottom is where you can put your prayer word or word of the year. For the exercise in class today, I will ask you to work with one of the words that, that you have put on the list and I hope I said that you can include the words that you've added, of course. Um, so, has everybody had a chance to put their words on the list? I would love, I'm going to uh, stop my screen share for the moment. And if anybody has identified just one or two words that you're thinking of using, I would love for you to put them in the chat so I can get an idea of um, 
of renew and reset grace, holy holiness. Love that, Chava. So good to see you. Um, Brachot. Love these. It is all about love. Wow, I can't keep up with this. Um, So, and I did see somebody wanted the link to my new website. So while I'm thinking about that, I will just put that in the chat. But it is on your handouts. And think. Okay. Um, So now what we're going to do is take a look at doing some Enzo. And so I um, can I see by a show of hands and be patient because I can only see 25 of you at the same time. Um, raise your hand if you have tools to actually do uh, an Enzo. And by tools, I mean either brush markers or watercolor pencils. So if you have tools to do that with you, um, raise your hands and please keep them up. Uh, of course, I can't see half of you because you don't have your videos on. Um, okay, so uh, great. We can, then I hope if you're having fun, you may put your hands down now. Thank you. Um, I hope uh, if you're enjoying that you will put um, in the, you'll turn your video on so you can share your answers. All right, so let me show you how I do an Enzo, and I'm going to start by turning on my document camera. So, and Rabbi, if you would be kind enough to spotlight my video, thank you, because I want you guys to see. So this is one of my um, Enzo books that every morning I wake up and I do a different Enzo. And then when I am done with filling the book with Enzo's, I'll go back and I'll write it. Um, I very occasionally feel like dripping in Enzo, so I would hold the book up and, and let it drip in. So Enzo's are traditionally done in black, but I love color, so I do mine in color. And there's a question. Is the sketch paper or watercolor weight paper? This is watercolor paper, and thank you for that question because this does not work if you're not using watercolor paper. Um, you can do an Enzo, but the water part of it, the whoosh, does not work. So it is very important, and I am using right here um, a wonderful Stillman and Burn sketchbook. I love their paper. It's an embossed logo. I don't know if you can really see it, but it's their Gamma series and paper is delicious. I uh, encourage you all to, to test it out. I also use Canson, um, which I have around here someplace. 
uh, can't sign 90 pound watercolor paper or 140 pound is my second favorite brand of watercolor paper. And I will have to find where I put that with the color pencil technique. And there's one other question before you get started. Um, Rachel Green asks, is there a spiritual explanation for the open circle rather than a closed circle? That's a great question. And um, the answer is, I'm not sure. Uh, I have seen Enzo's that are done by masters, and they are almost all open, but... And so are also often closed. And I am, so I, I can't answer that question, but I will. That, I makes space answer, for, that makes space for some wonderful midrash to be created for sure. Yes. Um, so koi coloring brushes are my favorite brush markers. I use them to letter as well as to paint. And the way, the, the way that I practice Enzo is with some breath work. And so before we start, I would like to invite those who are interested to put your hands down, put your tools down, close your eyes or let your gaze rest gently ahead of you. And we're just going to take three long, slow Deep breaths. Join me in breathing in and slowly breathing out. Breathe in and let the tension release from your jaw, from your shoulders, from your neck. Breathe out. Breathe in. Hold for a moment. Breathe out as slowly as you can. And when you're ready, open your eyes if they are closed. And join me back on screen. So before I do an Enzo, I always start with breath work. And then I use this as an opportunity to pray. And the basic Enzo is to draw a circle. But what I do is I breathe in. And then as I go up, I pray, Dear God, please bless those I love. And as I go down, I pray, and those they love. My circles are not always totally round, as you can see. Um, and then I take another color, and I do the same thing, although this time I'm usually saying a specific prayer for whoever's on my heart at the moment. And I've discovered that they work better if the areas are full. And so in a traditional Enzo, it's just one stroke and you're done. But in Joanne's form of contemporary Enzos, I, um, I will 
fill in the area so that I have a little bit of bolder color. I then take a water brush, and by a water brush, for those who are not familiar, um, it is a brush that is filled with water. And they come in different sizes, both in terms of the handle shape, in different lengths, and different thicknesses. These are pointed brushes. Last night, my friend Mary asked me about brushes and so what kind of brushes she should have for this. And so I pulled a few, um, I pulled a few brushes to share with you. And the, okay, Joanne, you cannot hold all of these brushes. Um, so most Enzo's in the traditional way are done with a Japanese brush with actual animal hair. This one is an elk hair brush and this is a fox hair brush. And this is also an elk hair brush and they're in beautiful bamboo holders. And I look for a brush where I can see that it will come together as a point. And my favorite type of brushes are Winsor Newton Series 7 brushes, which are wickedly expensive, but to me worth the price. But you can get a pretty nice mark with an inexpensive man-made brush. This type of brush is what I call a junk brush, and I use it to stir up my paint. And um, these are chisel-edged brushes that I use to letter. Uh, this is a flat chisel, and that's an angled chisel. And then this is a brush that I use to pull out sunstrokes, so that if you're trying to make rays that radiate, they even have brushes that have been cut so that you can get that kind of thing. So if you're not familiar with brushes, um, Hope that that information is, is helpful. Um, and I have, as you can see when I turn my video back on, a lot of brushes and pens on the shelf behind. Having said that, um, these days I use a brush marker. And so I start by dripping water, and there was a little bit of blue on, on my brush, and I even though I'm doing another blue one, I want to make sure my water is basically clear because if I weren't doing another blue one, I would make it muddy, which is fine if that's what I want, but not if it's not. Um, so I... Ram, there is a question. Um, somebody, Dory says, um, I'm left-handed. Is it okay to make the Enzo right to left instead of left to right? Or is there mo movement that's associated? Nope. You do what works for you. Um, if we have time, remind me to tell you the story of my adventure with Herman Zapf when I was in his master's class when I was 24, which is a very long time ago. Um, but let me show you how to do an Enzo first so you guys can get started. So my brush has water 
And I am going around the inside edge first. And because the pigment in these markers is a dye-based pigment, it's like watercolor in a pen. And so as the water brush touches it, it whooshes. And as I come around, I love the dry brush effect that, that I'm getting at the edge. And they dry in all different ways. Some of them are aesthetically pleasing and some of them are not so aesthetically pleasing. Uh, but they all are an opportunity for a prayerful moment and that is something that is important to me. Um, and I will show you a traditional black Enzo. And I'm not going to talk this time. I'm just going to do it so you can see how my hand moves when I am doing it. It's almost a whisking sensation. And I was attracted to this originally because this is a calligraphic practice and I'm a calligrapher. Um, and the, uh, I like combining black with another color. I have found myself more attracted to earth colors in and less uh, neon brights in the last uh, few weeks. So again, my brush is wet and I start with a little water and I go around the inside And then I do it again, going around the outside. And by the time I get around to the outside on the right, it's usually a, a dry brush, which I find attractive. And I feel like I'm doing it to my best advantage when, um, when I can get some of that handwork. I see there is a question, um, do you only go around once with a water brush? So that depends on how big my Enzo is and how big the, um, how big the brush marks that I've made are. I'd like to show you how to do one with a brush and paint. So give me a moment to get that set up. Okay, so these are fine tech paints. And They come in lots of different colors. And I 
water them basically the way you water a plant. And I um, watered these earlier so that they would get soft for us. And then I take my junk brush because I don't want to waste a good brush and I stir it up. My daughter who is a magnificent painter um, is very particular about her brushes and won't share a palette with me because she doesn't like how I dip from place to place. But everyone has their own way of working and neatness is not one of my particular virtues, shall we say. Um, so I can either dip my brush or in the same way that I would apply to a nib, I can apply using the junk brush, but I'm getting paint onto my, onto my brush. And if you're doing an Enzo in one motion, it looks like that. I don't know if you can really see that because it's, I'll move the palette and that does not look like you can see it. It just looks white. How can I make it so you can, can you see it now? It really shimmers. And so it's basically one motion. I saw a question about size, and the bigger the brush, the bigger the Enzo can be. So you can do a big open Enzo. I don't usually do a second line on the Enzo if I'm painting it. I do if I'm doing the marker technique, but if I'm painting, I try to do it in one stroke the way the Enzo masters have suggested. And that not meeting quite at the middle, uh, Mary, who is a retired librarian, was kind enough to do a little research for us and wrote in the chat, if the circle is incomplete, this allows movement for development or represents the beauty of imperfection. A completely closed Enzo represents perfection, totality, and wholeness. And that's sourced from The Authentic Path, which is a good book. Um, so that's how you do an Enzo. And if you're doing the metallic Enzos, I highly recommend Fine Tech Paint. But this works with watercolor. It works with ink. And since I know at least half of you have tools, what I would like to ask you to do now is um, I'm going to stop my video so I can see you guys. And, and I would like to um, back on gallery. So let's make some Enzos and let me set some expectations. Your first Enzos are not going to be glorious. It's fine to do a bunch of them on the page, 
It is an arm motion. Hold the brush relatively upright and make a circle. So whether you're doing this with markers or with paint and brush, um, let's take five minutes because it really does not take longer than five minutes. I have a feeling you can do multiple Enzo's in five minutes and try an Enzo. And then we'll look at colored pencil Enzo's. And while this is not a requirement, Part of this as a spiritual practice is to help you stay grounded and centered. So I do recommend, even if you're not saying a specific prayer, breathe in, go up, breathe out, go down. Question, what weight paper do you find most satisfying to work with from Judith Lyons? I like a somewhat pliable paper, not a heavy board-like paper. So 90-pound watercolor stock works really well for me. These days, it's hard to find. Um, so we sometimes need to settle for 140-pound stock. Um, the paper in my journals are wonderful and um, It's thick enough that you that it does not bleed through. Uh, so Strathmore, Stillman and Burn and Canson and Arches are the brands that I tend to gravitate towards. Uh, I prefer Canson in the watercolor paper and Strathmore in the drawing paper for whatever that's worth. But so I would love if you guys would hold your Enzo up if it is dry. If it is not dry, do not hold your Enzo up. And I would like to take a screenshot of Enzo's. So if you hold your Enzo's up, I would love to, to see. Wow, Claire, that's a lot of Enzo's. That's awesome. This is great. I'm loving seeing all your Enzo's. Just take a couple of quick screenshots and then say thank you for, ooh, Tracy, you've already written in it. Love it. God is my source. Okay. Thank you, ladies. Yeah, you did gold on black. That's awesome. Okay. So. Um, for those who have not done uh, an Enzo, and I see there's, um, so there's, um, we're now going to take a look at incorporating, oh no, we're going to look at colored pencil Enzo's, then we'll look at incorporating words. So let me put my, uh, video camera back to desktop mode. And I use um, usually Derwent colored pencils, watercolor pencils. 
it, this will not work with regular color pencil. It has to be a watercolor pencil or a watercolor crayon or something. Um, so I just grabbed three different blues and I prefer the markers or the paint, but I know some people like pencils and pencils are certainly easy to, uh, to transport. And unlike the markers where I do one stroke up and one stroke back, when I'm doing pencils, I do this as a circular motion. and just build some pigment on the paper. I'm not pushing very hard and I'm just putting down colored pencil and, and circle in a circular-ish shape. And then I make sure my brush is wet what did I do with my paper towels? I'm sure they're around here someplace. And I do the same thing with the brush. I'm going to stop there for a moment because I want you to see how cool this looks with the texture in it. But if I add more water and I go back a couple more times, it will get more of a watercolory blend look. It will never get as homogenous, for lack of a better word, as it will with paint or with markers. But I'll show you one I did before this so that you can see what it looks like when it dries. So you can still see that there are some pencil marks in it, and sometimes that's very appropriate for a particular project. Um, so, so now let's take a look at your practice Enzos. I gave you four Enzos that you can play around with uh, to open and to close. And I just want to show you some of the ways that you can letter in them. So, get the problem with trying to work in a small space is that there's only so much desk. So uh, the, in answer to your question, those were Durant paper uh, pencils. And, and the philosophy of doing Enzo doesn't really matter what you make it with. For this purpose of creating a mindful piece of art with a specifically chosen word to shine a light on our path, 
You can make it with anything. You can do it with a crayon. It doesn't even need to be a wet media. It just needs to be something that is near to your heart. So can anyone tell me, uh, again, some of the words? Because I might as well use somebody's word. Um, and especially if you are intimidated about doing some lettering, give me your word and I will try to show you how to. So some of the words were empathy, release, brachot, simcha, shlemut, transformation. There's lots of love, lots of light. Um, so I think since light really resonates with me, maybe we'll try light if there's lots of them. Um, and for this purpose, I'm just doing a shorter word. Uh, it works with longer words, but that would just take longer and you'll get the idea with the short word. So the first way that I tend to gravitate towards doing an Enzo word is just to put it inside the Enzo. Sometimes I don't space it too well. That's part of the beauty of having an impromptu practice. Uh, the, there are many ways of writing the same thing. And so if I want a little bit of emphasis, I will go back and double stroke my downstrokes so that there's a little bit of interest. Sometimes I'll leave them open so I can fill them in with color. Given the word light, I invariably put a flame just because I can't resist. Part of what I consider my job to be as a calligrapher is to be an interpretive vehicle for the text, which is why I tend to write my own text because I don't profess to know what anybody else is thinking. Um, so having said that, uh, I like to shine a light and there's, um, so method number one is to write inside your Enso. Method number two, of course, is to write underneath your Enso. And I'll give you a little trick that I use often, which is I love hearts, but this could be done with circles or anything else. Um, and so if you want a word, and I do this with the word light a lot in particular because light is my acronym for Love, inspire, give, heal, transform. Because I think that when we reach out in love and we inspire by the example of giving from our hearts, we can not only help heal other people, but we heal ourselves. And that's when transformation occurs. So method one is right inside the Enzo. Method two is right underneath the Enzo. Method three is right on top of the Enzo. 
Um, sometimes, and I need to have an actual Enzo that is not dark, because this won't work on a dark Enzo. I guess we will use this one because it's not too dark. Um, you can write on top of the actual Enzo either in black or in gold. Um, if you're doing it in a darker color. So I often will write on just have to find it. I will often write a theme. Okay. I have found it. Um, so this is an example of writing on top of the Enzo. Open the gates is a very common theme at this time of year as we approach the high holidays. And so this is a book that I finished last month and And the word atone, because we are in this spiritual process of tshuva, which means to return um, or to turn around, and also is the process of atoning for the things that we have missed the mark on, is also a concept of at one. And so when we are able to do tshuva, we are able to arrive back at the place of at one meant with God. And, and so this is the time of year that it's time to turn back so that we may return to the best version of ourselves. So anyway, that's a little bit of, of the Enzo. Um, I'm going to stop my video camera, go back to my face camera, and um, and I would like to, let's see, it is 3.13. So why don't we take um, the next six minutes, and I would like you to write at least one word in an Enzo. And for those that don't care for Enzos, because it's not for everybody, I have given you these illustrations. And the when I did my, my practice session for this, um, the word I was given was trust. So you can, here, I'll just put my... I'll just put my uh, document camera back on for a minute. 
So you can use any of the spaces in here to, you know, to do trust. And, and this is another way that you can write with what I call connected letters and, but just simple monoline caps uh, and then adding weight to them makes them look more interesting. And not everybody will resonate with Enzo's, even though I love them. If you'd rather work in a coloring book page in miniature, please go right ahead. Okay, so um, I will check the, the chat box if anyone has, um, has questions. Do you think we can copy this chat so I make sure I'm not missing anything? Mm, I'll try and figure out how to do that. Okay. Um, there is a question down here from Norma. How do you choose a font or style for your lettering? That is an excellent question and comes from having been lettering for 40 years. I. I recommend for this that you stick with just simple Roman caps. Um, we can talk about Hebrew also if anyone is interested. Um, but the purpose of this Enzo practice is not necessarily to create a beautiful piece of art. It is to be mindful and be able to ruminate on the word itself and what it means and how it serves as a conduit to connection. So it almost doesn't matter what style of lettering you do. Um, I use different styles of lettering to express different emotions, if you will. But that is a full day course that we can get into perhaps at another time. Someone says three dots at the bottom to save the chat. Um, save chat. Thank you. That way if I miss anybody's question, I can get back to it later and I learned something new about Zoom. Elizabeth, I suspect it's your paper that if your lines from the Koi coloring brush don't blend, it's not the brushes, it's the paper you're working on. Um, you need to get a better watercolor paper. Thank you, Linda and Dina, for the tech support. You're using a good color. Are you using enough water? Elizabeth, can you hold yours up so I can see it? I can't see it. You know what, take a picture of it and text it to me. 
was. I can't. Zoom is not the same thing as being in person. On the other hand, I wouldn't get to be with you guys if we weren't on Zoom. So we'll say it's awesome. Please repeat the lights. If you go to the homepage of my website, since this is an important part uh, of my spiritual practice, you'll find the light words, but I'll put it in the chat. Oh, Rabbi Shuval has beaten me to it and put them in the chat. Thank you. Mary Kay, I can see your name and you and the beautiful green wall behind you. Oh, cool. Look at that. I don't know if you guys can see it, but can you hold that up again? Can we spotlight Mary Kay's video? Wow. Love that. Thank you for sharing it. Something to consider when you're doing this. I saw a question earlier about what size Enzo's can be. Oh, love that. Breathe in, breathe out. That's awesome, Vale. Thank you.
Keep heart open. Nice, Tony. I will ask everyone, because I can't look at them all at the same time. Neil, I'm having trouble seeing yours. Oh, thank you. Open the gates. Open the book. May you be inscribed for a year of good health and inspiration. So something to think about as you're, oh, a Hebrew one. Wait, I need a picture of that. Lador, Lador. Beautiful, and I love your tricolored Enzo. This is so exciting. So we'll, I would like to ask everyone, um, oh, that's a nice, holy, and great listen. Thank you, Jennifer. And I love all the art behind you. Um, I'm going to put it back on screen share and, sorry, on gallery view. If you would all hold up your, your focus words, I would love to see what you have done. Oh, wow. Shine on. I am willing, family, holy, light. These are just great. Hang out. I have to go to the next screen because there's so many of us. Passion. Purpose. Some of them I unfortunately can't read, but um, thank you all for, for holding them up. And we have about five minutes left. One of the things that I did want to, to mention is I want to make sure you think about the size of your ENSO. You know, one of the reasons that I'm doing small ENSOs and this is a, a small phrase, and so may you live with love, is because my prayer space is small. You know, I'm not doing a piece that goes on the wall right now. I'm doing a piece that, uh, that I want to put on a little altar. And so this is a metallic blue Enzo with gold writing in Hebrew and English. And for me... You know, this is an important concept. And so I'd like to, uh, to find out what questions you have. I would like to invite you all, if you're not already part of the Facebook group, because um, I, I don't have a way of staying in touch with you unless you come find me, because I don't have your email addresses or anything. So... You can either email me, joanne at sensepirations.com or joanne at joannethinktodayica.com. I'm not quite sure it works, though, so probably Zenspirations is safer. Um, but if you join the Facebook group, I would love for you to post what you've done in the Facebook group, and then I can actually look at it and give you comments, and, and you'll be 
part of a community of other creative spiritual seekers that uh, love to do this kind of thing. So does anyone have any questions or is there anything you'd like to share? I can probably unmute you if you wave at me or raise your hand. Karen? Joanne, I, I would just like to know, are you familiar with this book? It's, um, it's Eben, uh, David Ebenbach, The Artist's Torah. I am not. Well, I think you would love it. It's, uh, it is available on Amazon. Well, hold it and up. Karen, he, hold it up again. Okay, it's a back to front, it looks like. But it's The Artist's Torah. David wow. Ebenbach. Thank you. And it's, it's excellent. It really is. I know you'll enjoy it. And one of the things in Parashat Vaira, he, he writes, um, at the most basic level, the pursuit of art demands, demands time, energy, and some space to work. It means diverting resources that could go to other endeavors, often without much hope of substantial financial compensation. I mean, there are other compensations, of course, but <laughs> uh, what are we prepared to give up to get them? But he says the question becomes a lot more intense when one's creative side starts seeming more like a vocation than just an avocation. It becomes a calling rather than a hobby or interest. And, and I know, Joanne, with you, you, you definitely, I don't know how you went from it being hobby or interest to uh, a vocation. It's like a, a, a sacred calling on your life because you inspire so many people and he, it's part, of course, in Vairai's the Akedah, and it's about sacrifice. So uh, the question that is put is, um, did you, do you find any, you've had to make what sacrifices to do all that you do, you know, because it affects so much. <laughs> no, I, I have not thought about it as making sacrifices in the sense I feel so blessed because I love what I do and I feel blessed to be able to bring people closer to whatever they think of as their higher power through my work and, and through my words. Um, having said that he's right. Being an artist is a very difficult way to support yourself, but um my son asked me a couple weeks ago if I was ever going to retire. And I looked at him and said, why would I retire? <laughs> I can't imagine wanting to do anything more than, than wanting to be in this evolutionary creativity process. And, you know, what I have sacrificed, for lack of a better word, I don't watch television. You know, I feel that the hours I have to create are limited and I have so many things that I want to do. And for those who I have not met before, you know, I am a widow. My husband died unexpectedly nine years ago when he was 53. And so I know firsthand that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. And that's why for me, it's so important to make moments matter and to make every day 
meaningful. And to do this kind of spiritual process for me is, I, I can't not do it. You know, I, I liken it to breathing. You know, when people ask me if they should go into art as a career, I often say, uh, if you can do something else, do something else. But if you can't, because this is what God intended you to do, then your path is chosen for you in some sense. I don't know if that answers the question, but. Joanne, I think that is the most perfect uh, sum, summation of this process that we have spent with with you, this time, this taste in, into really seeing that, that this artistry is coming from your soul and it is a light that's being brought into the world. So we are so incredibly blessed to have had this opportunity. We thank you so very much. For those of you who want to continue following and learning from Joanne, she's given links to be able to, to um, stay connected with her and to, to, uh, to grow with her in this spiritual endeavor. For those of you who found us through Jewett at Home, this is a consortium of synagogues who have all come together to try and bring as much Jewish learning and life as possible in this time where we are all socially distanced. So thank you for being a part of us. There are so many uh, more workshops that you can participate in leading all the way up to the Holy Day season. And with that, may each and every one of you find all of the blessing and nourishment and transformation that is needed uh, to bring forth the light into the new year ahead. So thank you all so much for being with us and an early Shana Tova to all. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, Go to tbala.org.